And it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 through 17. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us, look what he says, I underline it, in every place. For we are unto God a sweet sever of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the Savior of death unto death, and to the other we are the Savior of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of insincerity, with as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Father, speak to our hearts concerning your holy word today, and we'll thank you for Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I got a question, and it is really heavy on my mind, my heart this morning. How does God see me? You say that... Say that in your heart, in your mind. You don't have to say it out loud. How does God see me? You know, many times we pose for photographs, okay? We pose for pictures. I remember one such picture when we was at Earl's Grove. It was going to be on the pastor's page, okay? So it had to be just right. I don't know how many times he shot the picture, but I despised the one he picked out. I mean, he had me sitting there on a stool, okay? That's where most dunks sit. I'm sitting on a stool, and he says, set up straight. Well, I, I set up straight. He said, arch your back. I arch my back. Now tilt your head forward. I tilt my head forward, and he made the picture. My soul. How does God see me? I, go with me, seriously. How does God see me when he looks at me? You look at me, and some of you have already said, well, you look good in the green. It doesn't matter what you think, but I appreciate it. It doesn't matter what I think, but it makes all the difference in the world what God thinks. How does God see me? If you're happy with it, okay. If you're not, when you look in the mirror, okay, when you look in the mirror, you think, ask the question, is this what God sees? Now, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. But we reflect Jesus Christ. I don't care what you say, what you think, what your words are, your actions, your thoughts. You and I reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. And we reflect him every minute of every day. Why do we do the things that we do? I don't understand it. We do dumb things. We do foolish things. We do, I don't even like to use the word stupid, but that's what we do. We do stupid things. And then we expect society to accept it. Oh, well, it's my right. I don't know that it is your and my right. If we're saved, listen, we belong to God and it's God's business what he does with us. If one of your ears is bigger than the other, hey, who made those ears? If they flared out like a 44, okay, who made them? If your nose is sitting crooked, hey, God did that. He fixed you like he wants you. Why do we want to go and try to recreate what God has already done. I don't understand us sometimes, the decisions that we make. Now listen, in these verses here, Paul is the writer. 
And he's speaking to people who were returning from the battle, okay? And they lined the streets to welcome the warriors home. You know, I, I, I was a 4 effort, 1966. Two weeks after high school graduation, I got my draft notice. I got on a bus bound for Fort Jackson. That's where we ended up at. And after probably a third of the way through the examination, they pulled me out of sight along with some others. I didn't have a clue what was going on. They said, you boys will be going back. Back? Back where? Oh, back where you came from. I had asthma. And so therefore I was a full effort, okay? But I praise God for those who went on and fought for my freedom today. Give God a hand in the people who've done that. Give them a hand. They deserve all we can give them. This wounded war project, hey, I'm in favor of it. They have served their country. They've served it well. And they come back without legs, without arms, and mangled for life. And what do we do? Well, so what? You need to be slapped into next week if that's your attitude. How does God see you? I praise God for those who, even right now, are on battlefields. We got a wonderful crowd here. Hey, did you have to pay to get in? No. Was there, was there an officer there saying, hey, you can't go in here because you're a Christian? No. Uh-uh. We just walked in free. We've sung, we've prayed, we've rejoiced, we've given. Because we're living free. Well, they lined the streets to welcome them home. Lined the streets. Let me tell you something. I want you to listen to this verse of Scripture. First of all, I want to tell you, we're on the winning side. We can't afford to quit. So Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, first word in there is Fear. You know, a lot of people are scared to death today. They're scared to death who's going to be the president. They're scared to death somebody's going to hit the wrong button and, and blow us off the map. They're afraid. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear. I do not fear. I promise you, Liam wonder sometimes, is that not by, hey, I don't have anything to fear because I have my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have any fear because I know I have eternal life that nobody can take away from me. I do not fear because I'm always on the triumphant side through Jesus. Hey, I may lose a few battles, okay? I may lose a few battles. Some days I have an asthma attack, and no, it's not pleasant. When you can't get oxygen in, it is not pleasant. And I have literally pulled my hair out because I was gasping for breath. Even now, sometime at 69, I wake up in the night choking and set up on the side of the bread and cannot get my breath. And it wakes Lynn, and she says, what can I do? And I can't say anything. Because just like that, I'm trying to get oxygen in. And I think so many times, is this it? Hey, if it is, okay, God made me and gave me asthma. I don't fear because of my Redeemer. He says, fear not, little flock. God's put me over a wonderful flock. A wonderful flock. Look at that word, flock. Faith. A good flock has faith. 
A good flock's going to love. A good flock's going to be obedient. A good flock's going to care because a good flock it represents the kingdom of God. Fear not, little flock. Well, my God is real. I appreciate Linda playing that. I don't know if you picked up on it or not on the organ. While you fellowship and she was playing, my God is real. My God is real. You don't have to convince me. In fact, you can't convince me that there's not a God. No, he doesn't speak audibly. No, he doesn't make his presence known through being able to visually see him. But my God is real. Regardless of what you say, the world says, the media says, the president, whatever, he is real. He is real in my soul. How do you know all that? Hey, I bank myself on the scripture and my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I haven't seen him either. But I know this according to faith, according to the word of God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and mine. He arose from the grave. He is alive today. And I praise God for the Holy Spirit. That's what makes God real because I feel it in my soul because of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? This is not Saturday Night Live, by the way. My God's real. I want you to look at verse 14. What I'm going to say today is coming out of the scriptures. You listen. In verse 14. Now thanks be unto God. That's the only person to thank. And I underline, as I said earlier, in every place where you go today, every place you go, are you representing God? Are you representing you? Oh, look at me. I got a new this or a new that. Well, what does God think about it? Listen. The first thing, according to verse 14, is the expectation of reality. The expectation of reality. God is real. You see, thanks this morning is in order. I want to thank you for my salvation. I want to thank you for the Holy Spirit of God. I want to thank you for his presence already having been made known this morning. I thank him for prayer. Just to be able to call on God Almighty and pour our hearts out to him. I meant, meant to make mention, Brother Gary Freeman is having choking problems. And he's had his esophagus stretched many times. He goes in the morning for it to be stretched, he says, for the last time. God created that esophagus. I want you to, in your heart right now, I want you to pray for Gary. That that stretching tomorrow will be exactly what he needs. Folks, I've been there too. Mine's been stretched. It, it's, it's not good when your stomach wants good food and you have good taste and you can't swallow. It's about as bad as not being able to breathe. But I praise God for prayer. I praise God for miracles. And he's still in the miracle business. He's still raising people up. And we say, oh, what a great doctor. I agree, we do have great doctors. But don't forget who's in control. It's God Almighty that does all this. Listen, I want you to expect the reality to happen because it can and it will. You see, this, this expecting reality, it puts us on the triumphant side, okay? Sometimes we're asked to go places and do things. We might be a little nervous. You know why? I believe we get nervous because we need to depend on the Holy Spirit of God. I've been places before, and I said, Lord, I don't know who I'm going to face today. I don't know who's out there. And he's simply saying, it doesn't matter, son. You do what you've been called to do. And I'll take care of all the people that you don't know. I'll take care of the nervousness. But you get in there. 
I remember such question came up in homiletic class at Fruitland. One of the students said, Brother Writings, can you tell me how to get rid of the butterflies? And Brother Kenneth, he's, he was our preaching teacher. He, he, he let it rock and roll there for 30, 40 seconds, and he said, I'll tell you how to get rid of them. Everybody's perked up, listen. He said, die. <laughs> die. You can get rid of them that way. Listen, when you are nervous for the Lord, get ready because God's got something in store that you and I don't have a clue about because we need to expect the reality to happen. You see, we're expected uh, to make him visible. That scripture says there, and I underlined it, in every place, in every place, Listen, no matter where you go today, you need to make him evident in every place. What does he look at? How, does he, how, do, you, how do you look, he says? How do you look? Well, my God is real. Not only do we need to have the expectation of the reality, that's in verse 14, but verse 15, look at it, for we are unto God a sweet sever of Christ. A sweet, the awesomeness of his responsibility. He's already done it. Now the awesomeness of our responsibility. What are we responsible for? Hey, I'm responsible for my household. When my boy, our boys was at home, hey. And they said, Daddy, we want to do this, this, this. I, I mean, I, hey, boy, we, we have to think about this. We got to make sure, brother. And, and Josh was always the trying one. He would try you even if he got his way. He'd try you. And when daddy said, we're not going to do this. He said, well, everybody else is doing it. I said, but where do you live? I live right here. Who buys your clothes, your groceries? You do. Well, you're going to do what daddy asked you to do, and I'm not going to hurt you. But you're going to do what daddy asked I'm responsible. He reminds me sometime now. <laughs> well, everybody else is doing it. I said, well, if you want to go live with them, I have no problem with you going to live with them. You need to see if they'll let you live with them. If they're going to do that kind of stuff, and you want to do that kind of stuff, check in and see if they will let you live with them. And now he's one of those, hey, he will call. He's working in North Carolina somewhere. He'll call three or four times a week. Daddy, you okay? What you doing? Checking on me. And I was hard. Let me tell you, I was hard on those boys. Hard on them. But I'm thankful, I'm proud for the way they, that God has blessed and, and the way they are, are, have turned out. You see, it's the awesomeness of our responsibility. If you have children living in your home, you're in charge. They're not. That's the problem we have today in many a household is the youngins are calling the shots. I think you ought to set them down and say, look, I'm not going to the grocery store this week or... I want you to go. Well, where's the money coming from? Well, you should have got a job and work. You want to eat, don't you? Well, that's your place. Okay, then you do what I ask you to do. I love you. I'm not going to hurt you, but I expect you to do what I ask you to do. And don't buck me, okay? I think about our little good news children who says many times, Preacher, I, preacher, I, I can't go to church. My mom and daddy won't take me. Or my grandparents won't take me. And I say, listen, baby, whatever you're getting in this good news club, I want you to carry it to the next level. The next school you go to from Orchard Park, wherever it is you go, you carry Jesus with you. 
When you go to the high school in the area where it be Seneca, Wall Hollis, or, or West Oak, you carry Jesus with you. And son, listen, Donnie, one of these days you'll have driver's license. You'll have a vehicle. Then you can go to church with no excuse. Where do you stand, parents? My God's real. How does, it, how does he see you as a parent? Listen, I think today that many parents are being pressured into allowing their youngest to do something, hello, stupid. If you're one of those, hey, set them down right now. Say, okay, the buck stops here. I love you, but according to the holy word of God, this is what we're going to do. Hey, who was it said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Who was it? Huh, Joshua? As for me, he said, in my house. He didn't say, I'll check with Mrs. Joshua. He said, we will serve the Lord. It's important, y'all. We're raising the next generation. And it's a reality. It's responsibility to the saved. Hey, we win some. To the lost, we warn some. You see, not everybody's going to be saved, but it's our job, our responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus. Thirdly, look at verse 16. And to one we are the Savior of death unto death, and the other Savior of life unto life. And who, listen, this, this is a question that all's got to answer. And who is sufficient for these things? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who's sufficient. He was dead among the dead. He was living. He is living among the living. Can you imagine, listen, can you imagine... Just people out of this congregation, let's say, that have died in the last five years. That's how long we've been here. And thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. But those who have died within five-year period that we've been here, who heard me preach and teach about Jesus, and he died, and he arose, and he's alive. Can you imagine if they were saved where they are right now? You know, they might be saying, man, all that he said, I see it is true. Oh, if I could just get back a message to my family, they might be saying, if I could just let them know, hey, my God is real. And they're experiencing that. You see, according to verse 16, um, I want to turn right quick, and some of you can go faster than I can with your, with your smart addict telephone. John 15, 26. Let me turn that right quick. John 15, 26. Here's what he says. And when the Comforter, hey, that's with a capital letter, y'all. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a person, a real person, just as real as Jesus, just as real as God the Father. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Hey, that's all we have today, y'all. God's not here in person. Jesus is not here in person, but the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is here in person. We live and we breathe and we are what we are as a Christian if we're dependent on the Spirit of God to lead us, to let us know, hey, my God is real. In another portion of Scripture, Jesus told his disciples, he said, if I don't go home, the Spirit of God will not come. He went and the Spirit came. And that's what we have today. That's who we have to do today. So who is sufficient, he's saying. Who is qualified 
I hear that so many times today. Well, I would help you, but I would do this, but I'm just not qualified. You know, God can take you if you're willing, and he can make you be qualified. But you've got to be willing to step forward and ask God to help you. You see, uh, we are through Jesus Christ. We are through him. We are representing Jesus Christ. Here again, what does God see when he looks at us? Look at verse 17 right quick. And when we are as, for we are not as many which corrupt the word. Okay, are you corrupting the word? Am I corrupting the word? Look what he says. But as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Goes back to my question, how does God see me? In the sight of God. He is watching, he is looking. Listen, I've, I've told you about the expectation of reality, the awesomeness of responsibility, the love connection. Listen, we are the love connection. Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world. Gave his only begotten son to whosoever believed them shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now you and I are that love connection. We are the connection between lost and saved. And we're to do all we can. But last of all, there's a sincerity that is expected. God expects us to be sincere. You know, I can fool you sometimes. I can't fool you all the time. And we can't fool God any time. He's wanting us to be sincere. Paul says we're not enemies of Christ. We're not enemies of Christ, but we are people of sincerity. We, we should have the purest motive in mind when we're going to serve the Lord. Hey, we've been commissioned by God. Not only me as a pastor, you as deacons, you as Sunday school teachers, but every person in here who names the name of Jesus has been saved. You have been commissioned by God to go and tell. I, I thank God. I've been sent by God, okay? Hey, this wasn't my plan. There's no way. What if God has set me down in 1976? I'm going to lay your life out for the next 50 years, okay? Hey, I've been 80. I'm going to let you laugh out. I was 30 that time. I'm going to let you laugh out for the next 50 years. Here it is, bud. Here's what you're going to face. Here's what's going to happen. Along the way, you're going to lose this. You're going to gain that. This so-and-so is going to do this to you. And that is going to do that to you. Lord, are you sure? I can't handle it. No, he gives it to us a bite at a time. Lord willing, we're going to sit down to a, a plate of food in a little while. What would it be like if somebody came by and got your plate and jacked your mouth open and just crammed it down in there? You would choke to death. No, we take it in one spoonful at a time. We chew it. We send it to the stomach for nourishment, and we enjoy the taste of it. So the Word of God is the same way. You can't understand it all. If you could, you'd read it one time and it'd be like a regular book on the shelf. You'd never have to read it again because you know what's there. It's being sincere. You see, God expects us to be sincere. I don't know about you. I'm sure you've seen this sign on the back of 18 wheelers. It says, how is my driving? Call who? I think sometime I ought to wear a sign on my back. I'm a Christian. How am I doing? Call 1-800-I-BELIEVE. It'll work. You figure that out. Call 1-800-I-BELIEVE. Do you? The question is, do you? 
Do you really believe? If you, if you believe, how is your walk? Is your walk matching your talk? Is your video matching your audio? Hey, God's watching. He's looking. My God is real. I feel him in my soul. In every place. The back word scripture says in every place. May we not be a disappointment to God. You know, I'd rather, now this is serious. I'd rather, I'd rather have the, the most worst cancer you could have than disappoint God. I'd rather have the worst cancer there is than to disappoint you as my church family. Because I love you. Kids, you need to think about, and teenagers, you need to think about who's in charge. Who's in charge? If you think you're in charge, and you get your own place, and see how far that goes. Somebody will say, how you doing? I ain't doing good, man. I ain't got no job. Ain't got no food. Got no, nothing to drink. You think about it. God is looking. How does he see you when he looks at you? How does he see me? Obey the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity again to stand in this place. Lord, you, you, you have blessed Lynn and me beyond measure to put us here. You've blessed us beyond measure to give us the people you've given us. You've blessed us beyond measure to have the guests that come every week in this place. Lord, we don't want to be a disappointment. Father, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for making it plain. I thank you for it not changing. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit. Be with Mark as he comes to lead us in our musicians. Lord, give people courage. If they need to be saved today, God, I pray that you'd lead them this way. Give them courage to tell the devil no. And if there's anyone that's done something crazy and, and not pleasing God, help them just to come to the altar and, and beg forgiveness. If there's anyone here, Lord, that uh, feel led to, to join this congregation, Lord, we'll look for them. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Pray that you'd bless now as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.